Bicon, bisexual icon, wink, and unofficial expert at being bad with money. This is just, just Between, between us. us. A podcast about brutal honesty, female friendship, and completely unsolicited advice. Welcome. Join us. What? I don't know. I had noodles for lunch. And so what does that mean? You're you know, a little sleepy. Oh, you're tired? I don't know. I don't actually feel that tired because I had caffeine for the first time in a while. How is that? Wild. Yeah, are you was, seeing sound and smelling colors? Well, it was a it was a mild black tea. Okay, <laughs> um, and I feel alive again. A few years ago, I would have been too embarrassed to admit this, but I'm going to say my truth. I have IBS. Hey! hey, I have acid reflux as well. So, are you supposed to be having tea? No. Oh, okay. I'm not supposed to have caffeine for my acid reflux. Oh, got it. Got it's it. It's unrelated it. to my IBS. Got it. Wow. I'm Jewish, baby. This I know. stomach don't work. Yes. Okay. So I'm also Jewish. And have you spoken to the Goyim sometimes? And they are confused by, like, things that you are unable to do. Like camp? Like camp. Or <laughs> or uh, eat anything that is spicy. Or, you know what I mean? I feel like Jews have, have real weak stomachs. I know. Why? I don't know, maybe because our moms make us soup all the time and... Fuck, my mom didn't ever make me soup. Your mom doesn't cook. Yeah, she's she's learning. But like, <laughs> I just mean, I think maybe our types of food are very gentle. Like, blintzes are gentle. Matzo ball soup is very gentle. Brisket. Are you just naming yeah, Jewish food? naming Jewish Okay. Just proving my heritage. Wow. As you can probably tell, this show is going to be a little bit all over the place, but that's okay because it's a variety show. That's right. So that sort of Segments. lets us do whatever we want. Segments, different games, different guests. It's going to be a wild ride. And now for one of my favorite segments. International question. International question. International question. Shy from California. So my sister's name is Shy, and she does live in California, but this is not her. No, this is spelled with an S, not a C. Yes, different Shy. Do you think it's their actual name, or they're just saying they're Shy? I don't know. I'm going to say they're just describing themselves. Oh, interesting. Well, Shy from California asks, how do you know if you're settling? Oh, boy, Shy, let me take you back. I was about to say, Allison, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> settling is one of my greatest fears. I'm constantly worried about it. I'm also constantly worried about ending up alone. So that's Those really are tough. At odds. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so what I have gathered from all of my failed romantic relationships. Oh, hold on, let me settle in. Is and there have been many. I think that there is one thing that is more important than anything else, and that helps combat this fear. You have to respect your partner. And respect is like a is a weird catch-all phrase, but it, it kind of just means that like in your gut, you think that they are cool and capable and good and someone that you would aspire to be. I agree. I think there are a lot of relationships where they don't respect each other. Mm-hmm. And you always talk about how you shouldn't be embarrassed of your partner and it doesn't matter if... It's something they're doing that's embarrassing. It matters how you feel about it. Right. It's not objective embarrassment. It's like subjective embarrassment. Yes. It's If you are like, that's the coolest thing ever, then that is what matters more than like judging of like what society thinks is the coolest thing ever. So you have to believe that your partner is great. Should I take us through my three tests? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So if this is a foolproof system to find out whether or not you're settling for your partner. Ready? Mm-hmm. Test one, the bar. Right when you meet someone, you know immediately if you're attracted to them or not. Gabby disagrees. I'm going to continue. Okay, no, but here's <laughs> the problem. It takes me a while. Like, I'll have friends who I don't think are attractive when I first meet them. And then after getting to know them, 
I think they're attractive. Okay, so I'll modify. I'll just say that the first test is the bar. So are you attracted to this person? Just general, just are in you general, attracted are you to attracted them? to this person? Yeah. And that can happen, I guess, at any time, right? Yes. When uh, you first meet someone or at a you know, but like I wouldn't start dating somebody that you're not attracted to. Test two is the mall test. Oh boy. Would you take your partner to the mall and when you're walking around with them, do you feel proud that they're your partner? Yes. And again, this is completely subjective. subjective. It has nothing to do with what they actually look like or who they are. It's just how you feel about them. Are you proud to be with them? Are you proud to show them off as your partner? Are you proud to like talk, even just not even the mall, but are you proud to like talk to people and be like, oh, my boyfriend did this cool thing or like, oh, like post a picture of your Well, you're expanding the test. The test doesn't need to be expanded. Okay. I'm just saying the mall is a mental mall. Yeah, it's a mental mall. Okay. It's a public space. Yes. And then the third test is family dinner. Would you want to bring this person to dinner with your family? And family can mean whatever that means to you. For some people, chosen it's, it's family. Yeah, your chosen family, your friends, like, you know, the people that really matter to you. Would you want to bring this person around to meet them? And do you feel confident that it will go well? Yes. Those are the three tests. Yes. And if you pass all three tests with your partner, you are not settling. That's but, so scientific and mathematical of an answer that I don't know that they were expecting. You know what I mean? <laughs> I thought it would be more of like an emotions or subjective based answer, but you really had the scientific method. For dating. For dating. I think I should write a book. Shy, do you work in publishing? <laughs> do you want to give Allison a book deal? But honestly, what all of these three tests come back to is the initial respect mm-hmm. like are you proud to be with this person and obviously that do you respect them and do you feel lucky do you feel lucky that you're with your partner and if you don't feel lucky then you're settling interesting you know we've talked about this that like the idea that you need a reason to break up i think sometimes people go well they're nice so i, sh- I can't you know i can't break up because- or they love me so much yes they haven't done anything so i can't break up with them and that's how you get to like five years in and then you're like, oh, my God, well, now I guess we have to get engaged. Oh, my God, now I guess we have to get married. And you're like on this carousel that you can't get off. I also think that it's very telling the way that you describe your partner's good qualities, mm-hmm. because if the way you describe them all have to do with you, mm-hmm. they're so nice to me. Mm-hmm. They're so supportive mm-hmm. They, you know, like they care so much about me. Yeah. Like that, that means you don't like that person. That means you just like someone liking you. Yeah. But if you're going, they're so funny. They're so smart. They're so driven. And it's things about them and not in their relationship to you. Then I think you truly love your partner. Wow, that's fascinating. Right? I just discovered that a few weeks ago. I think sometimes you can also fix how you talk about or relate to your partner. For instance, I think there is this thing where sometimes when you're talking to friends and you don't want to, you won't want to seem like you're bragging. Mm -hmm. So you'll be like, oh, my dumb idiot. Like you try to sort of You do that? I... I used to like I would find things to bitch about so I could like relate to my friends or I or I didn't want to I felt like it was weird to be like they're perfect and I like you know not they're perfect but perfect to me or like you know to say such nice things like when someone's like how's your relationship my instinct sometimes would be to be like oh this you know pick something nitpick something Um, and I think like that causes problems like I think it's okay to be like they're fantastic here's this amazing thing that I'm going to brag on them for doing. Or, you know, they're so talented. Here's this, like, you know, I used to feel, like, silly. I guess I felt like if I spoke so highly of the person I was dating and then they dumped me, I would look dumb. Oh, well, I would feel very dumb talking about them at all, that they exist at all. Like, if I feel insecure in a relationship, I, like, never mention my boyfriend. Yeah. And I can tell when I'm feeling secure if I do mention that I have a boyfriend or tell a story about him or he's, like, a part of my conversation. (laughs) But I just mean specifically... Speaking about them in public in a positive way is so important. Like if you're with someone and you do really respect them and they do pass all these tests, but you still feel a need to be like self-deprecating or you need to you feel a need to like nitpick them to your friends because that's how your friends and you all relate to each other. I think that's incorrect. I think it's okay to be like, oh, I'm really happy right now and I really love this person and I'm very happy in our relationship. Like, sorry, that's not fun to talk about, but like I think it's (laughs) it's unhealthy to start to do that like. I also think that it's important to share the good stuff with your friends because they're who you go to when there's bad stuff. Yes, that's exactly that's and what that I mean. And that makes them mm-hmm. have a very skewed view of your partner because they're only hearing the bad stuff. Yes. So that's why you got to like share the good stuff as it's happening so that they actually have a better understanding of the relationship as a whole. I think don't get into the habit because I think a lot of times two female friends will 
relate to each other by bitching about their partners. Yes. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just say only nice things and hide all the bad. No! Oh, my God! <laughs> I'm kidding. Ah! Okay, Shy from California. Our takeaways are you need to respect your partner, mm-hmm. and you also need to take them through my three-step test, mm-hmm. which is the bar, the mall, and family dinner. <laughs> Foolproof system. Thank you so much for checking in. And you'll never settle. <laughs> Thank you so much for submitting your question, Shy. If you want to be like Shy, you can submit your international question to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. You do not have to be from outside of America. I will still sing the international question song. Coming up next is body positivity model Jasmine Robbins. So stay tuned. Just between us. Hey. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome back to Just Between Us. Now it's time for the juiciest, most scandalous, controversial segment known to all of podcasting. Tough questions. Okay. (laughs) Tough questions is our interview segment of the show. And this week we have the wonderful Jasmine Robbins, internet personality and body positivity model. Thank you so much for coming. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. (laughs) And just also like person that you see on Instagram and just go, why not me? Yeah. No. Not (laughs) even. No. Yes. I honestly, our first question, I feel a little silly asking it, but I also kind of want to know the answer. Okay. Part of, of what we want on this podcast is to talk to strong women about like what it actually means to be a strong woman. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, it's been a real journey to kind of get there. Yes. So I'm just wondering if like, is that something that came naturally to you or is it something you had to work on? You know, I've recently started therapy, so I've just been... Woo! Congratulations! Thank you. Thank Welcome! You. I wish we had a popper that I could just pop anytime someone said they started therapy. Come in with the balloons and the cake. Yeah, um, yeah. so I've been going uh, down the loophole of just remembering everything from my life. I think it's a mixture of both. I think my parents kind of set me up to be this way, to be oh, honest. that's great. Um, I remember since I was young, my parents were always like, you're a leader. You are not going to follow. Like, people are going to follow you. This is this is what it is. Do um, you think that they would have said that to any child or they saw that in you? They definitely raised my brother to be that way as well. We were both raised in, like, a predominantly, like, white area. And my dad's black and my mom's white. So I think that was their reasoning for being a little bit more like you're going to be different and you're going to be a leader because everyone around us didn't look like us right you know so it just makes me think that you guys are like the royal family like you guys are like the lion king royal family and like your parents are just like all all of this kingdom is yours jasmine just everything the light touches yeah basically um so that was that was a really great thing and then more recently i've realized what it means to be strong to me is Mm -hmm. being in touch with my emotions and letting myself cope with whatever emotions I'm feeling, particularly ones that make me like feel sad or angry. Right. Um, I feel like I don't, I can't speak for you guys, but for a lot of times um, when I would feel like sad or angry, I'm like, but you have all of this and you have all of this and you're fine, which I am. I do realize and I'm grateful for all the good things that I have. But if I am sad or like fucked up about something like I can give myself time to process that. Yeah. That's one of the things my mom was always excellent about where she was like never that woman who was like, but there are children starving in the Mm -hmm. rest of the world. Like she was always like, yes, there are issues that are maybe bigger or worse, but that doesn't make what you're going through any less painful. Exactly. And like growing up with that was so helpful because there like there wasn't shame associated with like dealing with stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We had a real suck it up mentality in my (laughs) head. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And that worked out great. I know. I'm I mean, I'm so in touch with everything. (laughs) Um, I definitely am not just like swallowing emotions on the day. 
daily. Your, your entire body isn't spasming. <laughs> I think that you're, you've touched on something, which is that like strong doesn't necessarily mean never cries, yeah. never feel sad. Oh, totally. Strong is yeah. like actually being vulnerable. Exactly. Which is really funny because last night I was like feeling down, right? So I put out, I put up like an Instagram story, the little questions one. And I was like, what are some inspirational quotes that you tell yourself? I was reading through them. A lot of them were nice. Then there were some that were like, suck it up, bitch, you're fine. <laughs> and I was like, wow, you're a Gemini. Interesting. Oh, so are we. We're both Geminis. That does not surprise me. Wow. I know. I'm a cancer cusp. Yeah, and that is very, like, um, you're emotional. Yeah, I was gonna say. Super emotional. Yeah. Yep, but yep, I've yep. become shut down. I've really shut down. <laughs> but really? in a great way, in a way that I've always hoped to. In, well, Where I can process the emotion, but now it takes me 15 seconds. Yeah, rather okay. than... Like, I still feel it, and yeah. it still happens, but I just, like, I just get through it so much faster. You can tell that you're more of a cancer Gemini because you are just, like, real in touch with feelings. That's beautiful, In a way that yeah. I am not. Well, when you start therapy at four... <laughs> <laughs> That'll get you, you there. You really learn how to talk about stuff. <laughs> but, okay, so there's a lot of stuff online with, like, loving yourself, right? But I yeah. think a lot of that is very, um, like, body-focused, which is incredible. But there also is, like, a, a... like How do you do that with, like, personality flaws? Or Speaking of therapy, like, how do you do yeah. that with, like, how do I gain confidence and love myself with like if I hate something about myself that is like internal right and so I feel like even with just like simple things as talking to yourself because that's hard to to show on Instagram right that's why um, I at least try to speak openly about like mental health and like how I have conversations with myself not just like wow my thighs look great you know Um, what conversation just like the fact I I do this a lot. I don't know. It's something that I'm working on. I don't know if it's good or bad, but like anything that happens to me or directly affects me coming from someone else, I like take a second and I try to process like how it affects me, what that person might be coming from Mm -hmm. and how to not make it such a huge deal to me because I am so emotional. It's insane. (laughs) Why? What do you mean? I am just affected by a lot and I don't think I am, but I'll like read the news at night and then I'll wake up the next morning and I will have a shit day. I'll be like, oh, I know why. It's because I hated myself before I went to bed. You internalized everything you read. Exactly. So um, I think when it comes to it all comes back to just like really focusing on yourself whether that is just like appearance based or internally based you have to change your narrative and Mm -hmm. you have to treat yourself better and even like even when it comes to instagram stuff and posting stuff with your body just like even how you treat yourself in like captions absolutely and, and other things like that it's just like Everyone can, like, read it, and if they believe you, that's cool. But, like, you can tell the people, I think, that are, like, (laughs) genuinely loving themselves or just hopping on this damn body positivity train. Yeah. Which is a thing. I feel like I'm on a journey that started kind of yesterday. Where Oh, beautiful. <laughs> very, very recent. But, you know, like, I, historically, like, my comedy voice was very self-deprecating. Oh, yeah. And I've been trying to sort of, like, move away from that. That's nice, yeah. And, like, I did my first, like, tweet ever where it was, like, it was basically like things that you would never know that I say to myself. And it was like, you're the best. <laughs> like, yeah. great hair. Anyone would be lucky to have you. Like, yeah. you know, and it was like this like very kind of sincere, positive tweet that I would never normally do. And I kind of freaked out doing it. And yeah. I like thought about taking it down. And I was like, no, like this is important. Like me talking positively to myself yes. has had such a huge impact on myself yeah. that I want to share that with people. Yeah. And even like seeing someone what regardless of your story, but you actually doing that is the whole like empowering yourself regardless. That mm-hmm. is so good to do. And like just do something that you were a little bit afraid to do, whether it's something like social media, it doesn't matter. Like you still did it and you kept it up and that's awesome. I think there's a Thank thing you. in yeah. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> No, it's just um I, I said this all last year and it's something that I try to stay true and believe in myself is that like if it is me posting a half naked picture if it's you posting a tweet and if it's you saying something to yourself every morning when you get up we're all on our journeys to love ourselves and it doesn't 
doesn't matter who's if your tweet got retweeted a thousand times and I got two likes on mine. It doesn't matter because yeah. we all did it for ourselves and bettered ourselves. You know, do you get like do people on on your Instagram and stuff? Do you get called vain or do people say like that they think some of the stuff you do is vain or no, no, that's great, which is really great. The only thing that comes with that. So being in like this plus size, like fat positive body positive movement mm-hmm. or whatever um, is something that I've been, you know, personally just doing for whatever, for however long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost the opposite where people like, <laughs> I don't want to, how to say this, but like when people encourage stuff that's so basic and, and <laughs> yeah. like, I'll just be like, I just posted a picture in a swimsuit. Everybody has probably put on yeah. a swimsuit. I don't need to be called an icon. <laughs> Like it or is that's actually so brave. right. It, it, then oh, Nicole so Byer, yeah. Nicole Byer's thing, so fat, so like, brave. It is literally oh. just a swimsuit. Yes, I look good. Yeah. I also put it on for that reason. <laughs> um, I don't need to be your icon. We can all do this, you know. <laughs> I love, yeah, because yeah. I, I think I think we need to get past that so brave moment because yeah. that's still it's still saying that what you're doing isn't normal. Exactly, yeah. and like it's once we're past that, and once it's just like love that suit, that it's like exactly. okay. Now, finally, the movement worked. Exactly. Right, yeah. Well, I think maybe people are just... I think there's like wish fulfillment where there's like people that follow you that are like, God, I wish. Yeah, like, you know, definitely. And, they, and I'm so thankful. Yeah, of course. I'm so, so thankful. But so they shouldn't yeah. wish because they can. They can. <laughs> I know. And it's so and I know from what I'm trying to understand from a demographic of like a place where I grew up, mm-hmm. if I saw someone like me, I'd be like, Wow, never, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that's changing a little bit of the narrative for, for some people that are, like, in the middle of the fucking Midwest. Well, I know you said it's because it's run by people yeah. who just don't get it, but, like, I feel like fashion has was so elitist. Yeah. Now it's become very, like, different body types and different types of, of people mm-hmm. are are getting into it. Is that going to, like, shift the narrative? Are you witnessing anything like that? How, how is that working in fashion? Honestly, I'm hoping so, mm-hmm. because... Because I still feel like, like I was saying, as a community and looking at people that are just like, you know, good on Instagram, mm-hmm. we're seeing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing it because like these fashionable people are making things work. Mm-hmm. And it's just a little bit more out there now. Like, um, for example, I'll have my friends that like want to go to the Glendale Galleria. Um, they just closed down the plus size section of Forever 21. So there's literally a store Great. I could find. Close in just cool. one store that Why I could go to. Why would they shut that down? Uh, I don't know. Did they like make any announcement? Or they no, just it's just not there anymore. The yeah, it's not there anymore. So I would love to say that I see so much change yeah. happening on a broad scale, but I don't, which is really sad. Um, I'm heavily involved with ASOS. I yes. love ASOS. They're my number one mm-hmm. everything and they have a great um, like plus size section. They also have like men's plus size like a mm-hmm. lot of varieties for different things. Um, still can do some work and yeah. it's something I'm very vocal about. So it's really nice that there are companies that are like listening to people and trying to make differences. But then on the other side of that, you have companies right now, which I'm finding it's really problematic for me, is that you have these companies that have been here for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Like ASOS is one of the newer companies, but like um, tennis shoe brands and like everything that are now having plus size people in their campaigns. Mm-hmm. And it's like the first time they've done that. And so this plus size woman gets out there and is wearing the sports brand for the first time and they post a picture. And then if you look at all the comments, it's every terrible, rude, mean right. thing. And it's because they haven't done this before, mm-hmm. but I'm saying, like, either your model needs to be compensated more because mentally reading shit comments about you sucks. For sure. Right. Or you need to get on Instagram and start defending your models. Yeah, <laughs> I love like, that. One or the other, because it's great that you're making changes for inclusivity. Like, that's beautiful, but. But you can't throw them to the wolves. No, and it's bad. Mm-hmm. And they just expect. Well, I, I assume they expect because I'm not seeing anything being done. Yeah. But. It's they just really think mentally... the woman should just take it. Yeah, like, 
And yeah. it, almost a feeling of like, well, you're lucky to be included. Right. Yeah. Exactly. People aren't realizing that like you've trained your audience to hate this type of person. Exactly. Because you've never showed them before. Yes, you're so pay right. me more or get on here making a whole segment of defending me. Yes. <laughs> like Oh my God. Yeah. I've never even thought of it that way. That's they should yeah. be paying one hundred percent. <laughs> An emotions tax. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I really just learned something. I know, right? I'm so into that idea. Yeah. C- compensate me for my sadness. Honestly. <laughs> or, you know, like compensation for like emotional labor. Exactly. exactly. Do you like modify stuff or like oh. make your own stuff? You have to get really creative if you're not like. Yeah, you a know? standard right. size. And that goes for everyone. I crop almost every sweater that I get. Um, yeah, like even wearing things, even trying to find things that are bigger, like oversized is a thing. Mm. Like if you're plus size, trying to find an oversized thing <laughs> like the fuck nobody's making that stuff so i don't know there there are a whole bunch of modifications that i do like on the norm which i think thankfully i don't know where i got personal style from but it just comes with whatever i do well that's what's great is that you're then showing people how to do that yeah so that's like so first like me like i'm not fashion does not come easy to me like I don't I can't like easily think of solutions or way to right. fix things and modify and so like to see how you're doing it yeah. I'm sure is like so helpful yeah yeah yeah, yeah. what trends oh. are coming back that me and Allison should get on top of right now okay um this is what I think 100% animal prints got it okay I'm actually um, I'm writing, writing yeah, I'm, I'm writing write these down, down. Yeah. animal prints whether that's like uh tiger print cow print okay. leopard cheetah blah 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 all right. of it um, I always think clashing. Power clashing. Power clashing. Okay. Really? Explain what that is. Okay, so like... My I, mom hates it. <laughs> I've worn like tiger striped um, shorts with a leopard print shirt and a tiger striped shirt that didn't match the shorts. Like <gasps> oh, just mixing yes. prints on prints on prints. And that can go just... Beyond your florals and stripes, because that's oh like the, that's the go-to one, you know. <laughs> but you can power clash with like m- way more than just floral stripes or polka dots and stripes. Like get that animal print in there. Get okay. I don't know anything, even florals with animal prints. Just anything weird. The uglier it is, the more interesting it is. I think I say it's so ugly that it's cute. So, I love that. So, yeah. are you writing down and, so ugly it's cute? Yeah. yeah, of course. I just watched you whisper right that to yourself. So ugly it's cute. Okay, that's got my it. next tattoo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. I love that. So, I think drag. Yeah. I think like that also is a thing for 2019. It's like men in heels, for sure. women in suits, men in skirts. Yep. Like it's a very androgynous time. Yeah, it's a time where we're like the general public is going to be really confused on a lot of levels on a lot of levels but I, that's where that's how i like them yeah, yeah. <laughs> but once it's normalized you stop no, like like the way John, Jonathan Van Ness dresses yep. first i was like oh wow and now it's because i've seen him on tv for a year yeah. i'm like i don't even blink yeah exactly you're like oh just, oh, yeah, just that today? Just a skirt today, right. Jonathan? Exactly. <laughs> Which I think is probably because he's so available to a large audience. Yeah. It's probably the same for other like people in the, you know, you're talking about like yeah. people in the Midwest who might not have access to this type of thing mm-hmm. the way that like you would see in LA or New York yeah. are probably like, oh yeah, guy in a skirt? Okay, tell me something I don't know. Exactly. I don't know if we're quite there, but soon. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully very soon. Yeah. So now we're moving into hypotheticals, where we play a game where I give you hypotheticals, and then you pick an answer, and I tell you why you're wrong. Sounds like life. Yep. I know. <laughs> so um, there's a few different games within the game. We're going to start off with America's favorite game show, Would You Stay With This Cheater? Okay? Oof. So here is the scenario, and then you decide if you would stay with this cheater. Your long-term partner asks you to move in with them and their roommate. You do move in, only to find out they share a bed with their roommate sometimes just to cuddle. Would you stay with this cheater? Wait, and the expectation is even though you move in, they may still want to have cuddle night yes. with the roommate? No. Yes. Um, well, I don't think that that's cheating, but I would not stay with it's them. It's naked cuddling. Okay. No. Oh. No. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. So this is what you don't know about this game, Jasmine, is that um, there's twists every time and you'll never win. I'm leaving. So you're not going to stay? I with- will not stay with this cheater. Well, I have you know that it was in no way a romantic relationship with the roommate and that person was your soulmate. No. <laughs> Doesn't First of matter. all, here's the thing. 
it always ends where someone was your soulmate. But I have a question, Allison. Yes. How do you know who soulmates are? Why is this game assuming that soulmates are a real thing and that you, Allison, know who the soulmate is? Because this game assumes that I am omniscient. And you believe in soulmates. No, I actually don't. So, (laughs) flaw in the game! Flaw in the game! Well, if the game's not flawed, it's not fun to play. That should be your next tattoo. Okay. (laughs) If the game's not Not flawed, it's not fun to play. All right. So our next favorite game show is, is this a date? I'll give you a scenario, and then you decide whether or not it's a date. Great. Your best friend's parent texts you asking to hang out one-on-one. It's a date. (laughs) It's 100% a date. Now, here are my follow-ups. Is the parent single? Uh, Going through a divorce. From that person's Game. mother or from from, yeah, that pers- from that person's other parent? Other parent. Okay, got it. And have you met them before? Why do they have your number? You're you're close. You you know you've been like family friends. Game. You're very close with the person. Yeah, I want to you- be someone's stepmom. It's a date. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my mom is a second wife, and I think I would be a really good second wife. Yep. Well, it turns out they just wanted emotional support, and when you make a move, you ruin the relationship forever. Okay, that's not. But then, and it then was who's fun. and then who's your soulmate? Your best friend. Your best friend was your soulmate. But then mom won't come to your wedding. Oh, no. Because you made things awkward when you tried to kiss. Oh, got it. We kiss. No, yeah, there's definitely kissing. You did. So so wait a minute. So you did kiss. So it was a date. You do. No, it wasn't a date. But then you started kissing. And then the parent had been so starved for physical affection (laughs) that they let themselves be in the moment for like 30 to 45 seconds. And then they pull away and go, this is disgusting. You're like my child. I can never see you again. And it turns out the best friend was watching and seeing you. She was you watching. Jasmine, you, you, Sell that tape. Right. You can't, you can't win. And there's a million things you don't know and a million twists. Isn't that life? They were watching. It really oh my is. God. Okay, we have one final game. And this is a game we've never played on this show before. Oh, okay. Are you ready? Yeah. This is America's third favorite game called Are You an Asshole? Ooh. Yes. Where I give you a scenario and you decide if in that scenario you're an asshole or not. Is it you kissed your best friend's parent who was going through a divorce? <laughs> Are you an asshole? No, that's obvious. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here's the scenario. Yeah. You're in a rush to work and don't realize someone is coming in behind you. So the office door building hits them and they die. <laughs> what? First of all, I realize everyone around me, so I think I would notice this. Not it. Well, you notice they're dead, but you don't notice that they're right behind you, and you let the door hit them, and they die. And they die. Yeah, because it hits them right in the temple. And it's one of those. Why are freak they walking things. through sideways? Look, this isn't about them. They're dead. Okay. Let them go. Okay. Are, are am I charged with manslaughter? No, I get off scot free. Right, but. How do you feel? It's not you know, your guilt. fault, essentially. It's the door's fault. It's the right. company's fault. But, like, how do you live with yourself? And can you live with yourself? Hmm. Because um. if you had just paid a little more attention, that person would still be alive. And they were your soulmate. Okay. (laughs) And that's the moral of the story. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Well, thank you so much for joining us for both of these segments. Where can people find your work? You can find me on Instagram at Jasmine J. um, And on Twitter, it's the same thing. Wonderful. You know. Well, thank you so much, Jasmine. And stay tuned for topics coming up next. We'll be discussing non-monogamy. Ooh. Spicy. Just between us, it's time for our final segment, Topics. XXXXXXX. Ooh, nasty. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said nasty out loud Never before. In your life. <laughs> anyway, uh, the topic segment is where we discuss broader themes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend to be more serious. They can also be playful. We write our own rules here. Uh, today's topic is something Gabby is actually an unofficial expert on. Oh, yeah. Non-monogamy. What? Let's start off with you defining non-monogamy because I don't think everybody knows what that umbrella term means. It's when you're cool as hell and you don't take shit from nobody. No, okay. It's- oh my god, <laughs> nasty. <laughs> we want like a button that just plays you saying nasty. <laughs> anyway, woo. Okay, so here's the thing. 
I would identify as polyamorous, and I think that's changed to me being non-monogamous. And polyamorous is typically defined as uh, engaging in more than one relationship. So that means uh, like a romantic relationship, you can either have a primary and then you have a secondary romantic relationship or you do something- So like a boyfriend and a girlfriend. And a girlfriend. Or both relationships are labeled- Boyfriend and, and girlfriend. And significant. Yes. Or you can have two people that are the same level or two people, you know, that's what I mean. So you could have a boyfriend and a girlfriend, but sometimes it's- I feel like I'd do a better job People that are this. the same- some- And I've never even lived the lifestyle. <laughs> lived the lifestyle. <laughs> Polyamorous, I feel, is more relationship-based. Non-monogamy is when you're in an open relationship or you do relationship anarchy where you are just dating around and you're not- prioritizing one relationship over the other you're not only in one romantic relationship well i would say non-monogamy is anything that's not monogamy yes and it's the broadest term and then within non-monogamy are these other subsets that are like polyamory is a type of non-monogamy yeah. open relationship open relationship is a relationship type of anarchy is a type and yes. they're all different yes and i think that Open relationship and polyamory are probably the ones that get the most buzz. And they're very different. And they're very different. Yeah. And you've shifted from one to the other. Definitely. I mean, I, I'm not a monogamous person. What? Uh, <laughs> nasty. <laughs> uh, but nasty in a fun way, yeah, not na- in a judgy way. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, uh, I can't do monogamous relationships. My way of doing things is I'll usually have one partner and then I'll either have secondary partners that are, you know, less primary or I'll have a primary partner and then I'll fuck around with whoever. So well, I think before uh, you you gave polyamory a real go and you like had, I had multiple, multiple relationships, relationships at the for same sure. time. Yeah. And then I think you kind of realized that was just too exhausting. I was very tired. <laughs> I will say that. Uh, time management was Time difficult. management. I have problems with time management anyway. Mm-hmm. So uh, polyamory, uh, anyone that can pull that off is probably really much better at time management than I am. But it's also interesting because you have multiple friendships. You have multiple, you know, there are people in my life that are really good friends of mine that I I have sexual relationships with that it's not like... Like who? I'm not going to tell you on... But I just mean like... It's not like I don't give them time. You know what I mean? Like I I'm think, still, I, I think, but it's, it's not full relationships the way I, it was when I was poly. You know what I mean? I think that as soon as you're in a romantic relationship with someone, there's a different expectation of how much you should you're going to be getting from them. Yes, so that and friends don't demand that same thing. Yes, so in my experience, uh, I had multiple relationships. The primary reason for them not working out was definitely not just the fact that there was someone else. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, your relationships didn't fall apart because because of polyamory. polyamory At all, a lot of relationships don't work out. They always, yeah. And then I think your current girlfriend has historically been monogamous. She has, but I think my current girlfriend presented herself as very monogamous up front, but then was like, "Well, but I flirt a lot," Mm -hmm. and other people that she had dated didn't like that. There's different levels of monogamy, right? So, like, I think some couples, if you are, like, into it when your partner flirts in front of you, but you're not – they're not going to sleep with that person. They're going to come back and sleep with you. That's that's non-monogamish. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) there's, like, elements of non-monogamy to a lot of relationships that you would otherwise think are monogamous. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's just defined by, like, well, I'm not fucking other people, so – we're monogamous. Well, it's whether or not there's a possessiveness there. Yeah. Like, it's like she would be like, you know, if you asked her, she would say, oh, I'm very monogamous. But then she would go, I don't know. My ex-girlfriend was always mad at me for flirting. And I'd be like, right. So I don't know that you are, a hundred. you know, there's a scale. I think that you are not 100% monogamous. <laughs> she and I are open. But there are things where, like, it really just comes down to honesty. Where, like, if she tells me, oh, I, I sent a flirty text to this person, I'll be like, great. But I think in past relationships that she's been in, that would have been cause for the other person to lose their fucking mind. Mm-hmm. So it all depends. I think a lot of times people don't realize that their relationships are have elements of non-monogamy to them, even how- if they are a monogamous relationship. Like, how do you know if, like, non-monogamy might be a good option for you? <sighs> well, like with bisexuality, I'm a terrible example and not a role model and a bad stereotype. But – 
it was hard for me not to cheat. Mm-hmm. And I would always feel like I was too much. I would always feel like, okay, I have to dial back the way I talk to people because I'm too flirty. And I flirt a lot even when I have no intention towards the person. My just like natural reaction to talking to someone is sometimes very flirty. Do you ever flirt with me? Are you out of your mind? When do you flirt with me? What? Like the whole first year we were friends. But you don't currently flirt with me anymore. Are you flirting right now? <laughs> Are you having a flirt? I can't tell you. If you don't know that I'm flirting with you, Allison, then I can't, then then I'm not doing a good job. <laughs> oh no, am I doing Do a bad job? you think flirting just means friendly? No, I'm not flirting with, I mean, okay. So if I was with someone who was very monogamous and mm-hmm. very jealous, and I, and my birthday tribute post to my female best friend as a queer woman was happy birthday to her ass, <laughs> they might be upset about that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a way that in which I go through the world that probably wouldn't work with a partner who is very jealous. Well, what I think is so interesting is that you don't really get jealous. No, I don't. And that seems awesome. I wish um, I didn't get jealous. I get professionally jealous. Oh, yeah, big time. Very professionally jealous. I don't feel romantically jealous. I think you feel... Jealous isn't the right word. I think you get mad if you're being lied to. Yes. So here's the so this is comes back to is non-monogamy right for you? I don't feel jealous, but I I also am furious if I'm if someone isn't being honest with me, or I'm furious if like if that it's that thing of like if my partner is like looking at someone and I go, oh, you think that person's hot, and they go, no, I don't. That to me is makes me more mad than if they just went, oh yeah, that person's super hot. Mm-hmm. Where I think for some people they want to be lied to or they don't want. Well, I I think I used to want to be lied to and I don't anymore. Yeah. Like now I think it's totally fine to be like, yeah, that girl's hot. Like now if I'm dating someone, I'll be like, whoa, you must have had fun just now, huh? Because like a (laughs) bunch of hot girls walked by, you know, or like I'll be like, well, she's pretty. Yeah. And it's just more fun and it's more honest. And I non-monogamy is not for me, but I also think that like this idea that you're never going to be attracted to someone else is so detrimental to a relationship and not yes. based in reality at all. And I and I didn't like being taken for a fool. Like often mm-hmm. I would I would have uh, people I'm dating go, no, I don't. I'm not attracted to that person. Like you're being you're being crazy, whatever gaslight. And then later I would be like, oh, you guys kissed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, of course, like I just didn't ever like I like having all the information. So sometimes there's non-monogamous relationships where it's very don't ask, don't tell. I like I that seems nuts. I to hate me. that. I can't believe people can do that. I I have a very I have a tell everything. Like right. the people I'm dating, like to the point of like if they fuck someone, I want them to come back and give me a whole give me the rundown. What happened? What did because you guys then it kind of becomes a sexual experience for you too, even though you weren't there. I would say ninety nine percent of the time, while they're explaining what happened, we start having sex. <laughs> like, I think, like that's very. I have like a. I like when other people find my partner attractive because it validates me. I have the opposite of jealousy, which is compersion. Right. Compersion is when, you, when you're when you happy for them. Like, instead of being jealous, you're... Or I, you get off on it. Yeah. There's a bit of, like, getting off on it or being, like, excited by someone being into them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that I, that's just lucky. Like, I think a lot of it is just, like... It's kind Luck of just, of the draw. Yeah, it sort of just like worked out that way. For Another me. example of how you're so strange. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like because I part of me is like if they're gonna leave, they're gonna leave. Like right. it's not like I always felt like if I said no, don't, and maybe it's just because that's what I'm like, where I was like if I say no, don't hook up with that person, I'll be so mad. They're going to want to hook up with them 10 times more because it's so much hotter now. (laughs) So, like, I would just, I would always feel like as soon as someone was like, okay, you could hook up with anyone but that guy. I'd be like, well, now all I want to do is fuck that guy. And I don't know if that's something that's really wrong with me in my brain. But I I think that, honestly, like, you are a perfect candidate for non-monogamy. And I think that, like, you do it respectfully. Thanks. But I think that an issue you've had is is trying to do it with people who are not Mm non-monogamous, who are then trying to be non-monogamous to make a relationship work with you. Well, here's the problem, is that a lot of times people think that it's going to be cool. (laughs) Yeah. Like, they don't realize it's a lot of communication. It's a lot of talking Part of what I like about it is you have to talk so much more than if you were just 
if the assumption was I'm going to go out and the assumption is you're not going to hook up with this person, then it's like, goodbye, have a great time. But now it's like, okay, we have to discuss this. And like, is this a date that you're going on? And how do we feel about this? And what are you doing? Like, it's not as sexy. Like, people are like non-monogamous. You guys must just be like in a fuck party. And it's like, it's actually a lot of talking. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the like fun freewheeling. I mean, it definitely can be. But it's not like all fun and freewheeling. It's like you have to treat it responsibly and with care. Of course. And it doesn't mean that you get to do whatever you want. And I feel like as a partner, I'm your teammate. I'm your partner. I want you to do whatever you want that makes you happy. It doesn't seem like love to me for me to be like, they didn't do this because I asked them to. Don't do not do stuff on my account. Like, you know what I mean? I, it, it's but not what rom- if you're in a monogamous relationship? Yes, for sure. If you're monogamous, don't cheat. But I'm saying I'm non-monogamous because I never, I didn't like the idea that someone was restricting themselves for me. I was like, don't do this. Don't do me any favors. Like, you know what I mean? Do do what you want. It doesn't make me feel good. And more often than not, they choose you. And then that feels even better. What? That they chose you. That they could be out with that other girl. For sure. But instead, they're with you. Yeah, definitely. Versus like feeling trapped because they've agreed to this thing. I'm single right now, but I know that, like, in my next relationship, like, if a guy says, I want to be with you, I'm going to believe them. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, something I had to, that, like, had to grow and, like, as I've become more confident, more secure in myself, like, believing what the person is saying to me. Yeah, because you're, and even if they're lying, like, you're not gonna. Then you're not responsible because that's on them for being a shit who lied to you. But, like, I'd rather believe them. I used to think I was a bad person. Mm. I used to think. And when I was cheating, definitely not good. But if you're consensually non-monogamous and that's just how you are and you meet partners who are into that and you are, everybody is being consensual about everything that happens, then you're not a bad person. I used to think I had to change and try to be monogamous so I could be good. But it's a totally viable way of being and you're not like a terrible person. I would also say that it is not a way to save a relationship. No. So if you want to become non-monogamous, I would only really do so if you're in a good place with your partner. Oh, of course. I think a lot of people try it when they're in a bad place, and that's just a disaster. And if you're only if you're going to stick to the rules that you've set up. You better stick to those rules when you're having fun. (laughs) Wow, maybe non-monogamy is for you. (laughs) You love to stick to the rules when you're having fun. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our episode. Now is that special time when we make our producer, John, come into the room with us and rate how we did. John, you're in the room. Yeah. What'd you think? I thought it was a whoo, that <laughs> kind of show. Mind-blowing. Wait, I learned so many things. Oh, I learned that, was so a many- good, that was a good sound. Yeah. I thought that yeah. was a Wait. terrible sound. Yeah. I know, I know. I could have gone both ways. <laughs> a no. woo out of ten? No, no. <laughs> a woo. no, no, no. Let's do five woos out of five woos. Yeah. Whoa, that's okay. the highest rating well, we've gotten. Well, lock it up and throw it away. <laughs> what, uh, what was your favorite part? Oh, my God. Where to start? I literally have a post-it note here. I, have a, I keep notes. I, get, I love that. That's I, why you're the producer. This is why I'm the producer. Yes. <laughs> or one of the producers. Um, humble. I, I <laughs> Stay humble, guys. Yes. I loved during your interview with Jasmine when – uh, Jasmine was looking for inspirational quotes on Instagram, oh, yeah. and someone just wrote, suck it up, you're Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, was great. incredible. And I felt What's that- What's your star sign? I'm a Gemini. That's why Shut I up. wrote it down. <laughs> We're all Gemini. Things are about to get real nasty. <laughs> when she said it, I felt that, so- <laughs> We have to fire him. I know. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm right here. He could fire us, I think, is, the, pa- is the current ma- power dynamic. He'll be like, what happened? Why is he fired? Too many Geminis. <laughs> you know how it is. Yeah, just... What was your favorite part, Gabby? My favorite part was us writing down what Jasmine said we should wear. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. The power clashing. Power you know, clashing, I've, yeah. You know, I've, I've heard a lot about it, but I don't, I don't feel confident enough to go Are past you? the stripes and floral. Like, You're those the are most stylish you, person I know. Thank you. I saw you far and away for a guy. And then I think maybe in general. <laughs> I oh. saw you out and about. You got a pink shirt on. Oh, I'll do that. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Almost I, I, like you know that that's good for your skin tone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He knows I know what it's good he's for doing. my skin tone. You know what yeah. you're doing. <laughs> that's, 
that's been years in the making. But it's more of (laughs) saying, hey, will I wear tiger print with uh, leopard print, you know? Maybe next time we record. My favorite part of the episode is when I get to sing International Question with a backing track. Okay. So that'll be my answer for every episode. (laughs) I was going to say, okay, well, that wasn't very episode specific, but sure. (laughs) In terms of what we learned... Um, you mind if I go first? Oh, please. All right, I got a few. Thank you for the explanation on non-monogamy versus polyamory. Appreciate oh. it. I really do. And I think that's going to help a lot of people. Not Thank speaking you. for others, but I'll speak for myself. So, <laughs> Tight. Um, John wants to date me. <laughs> nice. I'll get back nice, to nice, you nice. on which one works for me. Great. And... Allison, your three-part test for settling. Oh, thank you so much. AKA, as Gabby said, the scientific method for it's having very to good. Out if okay, what I learned, you talking about how your partner relates to you versus complimenting them on stuff about them, blew my brain yeah. clear out the back of my mind. Pretty good stuff. Holy crap. You've cracked the whole thing wide open. I really think that I have. Why am I alone? <laughs> <laughs> Because the master has to give out their gifts and must suffer themselves. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what an incredible woo of a show. Thank you so much to Jasmine Robbins for being our guest. Just Between Us is hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn. Our engineer is Brendan Burns. He also composed our theme music. Our producer is Kristen Torres. Our senior producer is John Asante. Our executive producers are Chris Bannon and Jenny Radelet. Just Between Us is a production of Stitcher. Say it with me now. Nasty! Stitcher. The mob, the mafia, the syndicate, the family. Once you're in, you're in, you can't get out. What we know about the mafia, it's all about the guys. But there's another side of the mob in the 20th century, and it's just as dangerous, but in a totally different way. Especially if you're a gay man, a drag queen, or a woman. We're talking about the underworld of New York City's very first drag clubs and the woman. That's right. A woman who ran them. A woman named Anna Genovese. Anna was the goddess. She's a tough old bird. Who was this mob queen with the insight and ability to write her own ticket in a man's world? That's what we want to know. Who is Anna Genovese? Mob Queens is out now. You can listen on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.